Hey, it's Tony Schiavone of All Elite Wrestling. You're listening to Cassio's Cuts with my good friend Cassio Kid. You know, I was on one of his podcasts earlier. I think it was episode six, so make sure you check that out. If not, enjoy this week's podcast from the one and only funniest guy I know, Cassio Kid. That's new now. You know what? You know what? You know what's funny about this? I know. I know you got to do your thing, and you know what? Ain't got to do shit. But I got to tell you, man. Um, do you, you know that that Warner Brothers cartoon where the guy find, finds the frog, and it's like, "Hello, my baby," and then and then he put it in the box, and they they're, they're gonna they sell millions of tickets, and they <laughs> they get open it up, and then the frog goes. He just hops ribbit, ribbit, right? That's how this conversation's gonna go. We were so freaking funny for 15 minutes. Now you're gonna ask me all these serious, dumbass musician oh. questions. And I'm gonna be like, Billy is great. <laughs> all right. No, my first question. All right, all right. Look, this is gonna be the start, but I do have to welcome in. We call our we call the listeners the candy lickers. So don't freak out. So what are you about to get better? What? The candy lickers. Oh what are <laughs> What did I sign myself? We are the candy liquor. What did I sign myself? That's the. I'm buying that new theme song next week. <laughs> Eric Martin doing candy liquors. Where's the candy liquor? Okay. It, Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> You're going to get canceled. All right. It's actually a song by Marvin Cease, an R&B singer, and he did Ooh. Candy Liquor. It's 11 minutes long about how he will take care of your wife while you're out of town. Well, then it's exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, all right. What's up, Candy Liquors? Pleased to meet you. Nice to know me. What you doing? You're listening to another edition of Cassius Cut. As you can hear, we're already having fun with Eric Martin, lead singer of Mr. Big and... Uh, ironically, I don't know how they got the name, but he was also famous for the band called the Eric Martin Band back in the day. So thank you, man. That had a nice ring to it, <laughs> to me. I'm excited to see you in person. We have a lot of followers in Alabama. You got Montgomery and Huntsville both coming to town. It, Come on, uh, man. Tosekis. Was that was those? I know Montgomery and Huntsville are always giant markets for Mr. Big back in the day. You know what's weird? I had this woman for so long on Facebook. I'm telling, I'm saying like, I'm in Poland. I'm in the Czech Republic. I'm in uh, Surabaya. I'm in Bangkok. And she goes, how come you don't play Alabama? Right. <laughs> like, I mean, and I'm like, Jesus, I, 
And it's kind of out of a musician's hands. You can suggest a million times to your agents and your promoters, <laughs> hey, look, man, get this woman off my back. You know, again, I'll, I'll play Mobile. I'll do anything. <laughs> Give me anything. And um, so here I am. I know, better late than never. And it's, you know, I think Mr. Big did play Alabama a few he times. He probably played Birmingham back in the day. I'm, I'm sure we did. Yeah. Um, but when you say back in the day, <laughs> you, you go there once or twice. And I, I don't know why. I mean, play everywhere else. I'm in between. I'm like, don't, I don't want to get to start it. Hey, maybe the show was so amazing that we just, we're so exhausted after that, you know, the 90th <laughs> visit to Birmingham. Anyway. He said Birmingham, like we were proper down here too. I like it. Is it, it Birmingham? It's, Bur it's Birmingham. Birmingham. Okay. We're Alabama, so, we focus on the ham. <laughs> Birmingham. You know, I think maybe I went to, I've been to Birmingham, England yes. for so many times that I just, I got to get these teas picked. So. <laughs> All right. I, I know this is a, uh, we're, this is a weird, you had a very busy weekend uh, before you came here, about to come here to Alabama. Uh, uh, Herbie Herbert uh, passed away, who was absolutely innovative in the music world. I'm not going to talk about him because you personally knew him. And of course he was your manager with journey and Steve Miller and enough's enough and a lot of other bands, but you had a celebration of life for him this weekend. Just, just yeah. talk about one, what he meant to Mr. Big and, and what that, yeah. what that evening was like to get together. Well, you know, he, he managed me, uh, in 1980, I had a, uh, an Eric Martin band from 1980 to 89. When I when I met Billy and Billy goes, um, you know, we were we were talking about starting a band together, and uh, he said, uh, "What did he say? He said, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I got some really good friends in Japan, and I know some, you know, people that we, you know, eventually we can come out to Japan." He goes, "Well, you know, who do you, I can't remember some of the other things that he was bringing to the table. Obviously, his super ultimate talent, you know, but." He goes, who do you have? And I go, I got Herbie Herbert. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, and he goes, yeah, I mean, Herbie Herbert, legendary manager. Uh, him and this guy, John Villanueva, were the only roadies for Santana back in the day. I mean, they, you know, at Woodstock, John Villanueva's on uh, behind Michael Shreve doing Soul Sacrifice. You can see him. And then Herbie's running back and forth in that Woodstock, 500,000 people from the soundboard to the stage, running back and forth, uh, fixing things. And anyway, uh, he's been around for a long time. He was, his mentor was Bill Graham. Incredible. And uh, he, uh, I mean, he was just the ultimate road warrior. Um, when I, Basically, he was managing Journey. Journey just, uh, yeah, he was, he was managing Journey. And I think a little bit of Santana, because he was a tour manager for Santana as well, um, and Steve Miller. And then uh, we wined and dined him, and he came down to see the band. We were called 415 then, Area Code of San Francisco. And he, um, he watched us play. We were playing a bunch of dive bars, and he goes, I really... I like your songs, great singer, great players. And uh, he goes, but I want to change that name. I want to change that name. I think, you know, uh, Brian Adams was doing really uh, big back in the day. And then, but Greg Kinn and guys with just like, you know, Michael Stanley band, 
you know, like the front guy. They go, we're going to change it to the Eric Martin band. And you should see in the guys of the band, they were like, what? what are you talking about? And I swear to God, I've already made this joke, but like I, I made the joke because I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that he was going to change the name at all. I was like, and we all lived in a band house too, which was really bad, you know, <laughs> bad vibes in that band house after that. And I go, Eric Martin, it's got a nice ring to it, <laughs> you know? And um, anyway, and I remember Herbie, he was big on the slogans too. We're in his office and he goes, uh, the guys are getting up and he goes, Hey, don't let the door hit you on the ass on the way out. Right. And they're like, and he goes, do you want a record deal? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, then sit down. And, and he goes, it's just a name change. It's not a big deal. He's not the leader. And then I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm the band name now. I'm yeah, the yeah. I mean, look, I wrote a lot of songs. I was this front guy and it was called the Eric Martin band, but man, you know, it was a great rock and roll band. I, granted, you know, we live, we were in the Bay Area and, and our format, two guitar players, bass, keyboards, um, and a singer, we were kind of the poor, we were kind of like Night Ranger light. And Night Ranger, <laughs> Night Ranger was in the town too, you know, so we were like the poor man's Night Ranger or something, you know, and, but a great rock and roll band. And then who knew, you know, later on in life, John Nyman, guitar player for YNT, Troy Laqueta, drummer for Tesla, Dave Jacobson played with UFO. Um, and Everybody then- was talented. And then Mr. Big Mouth, yo. And so <laughs> everybody was a talented uh, member. We, you know, Herbie, you know, even, even years later. So I was with this, you know, uh, Eric Martin band thing for about, I don't know, three or four years. Then he got me a deal on Capitol Records. I was a solo artist. And then 89 uh, managed Mr. Big till 2001. So a long, lengthy time and put me on the map, put stamps in my passport, put, you know, food on the table, put money in my uh, children's pockets uh, <laughs> and a few ex-wives. I don't want to talk about it anyway. But uh, and I mean, you know, he, he, lo he loved me. And I loved him, you know, he was, God, I remember this one time when To Be With You was blowing up all over the United States and we were working hard. You know, when you get a hit, I mean, I'm like, this ain't a boo-hoo moment, uh, Matt, but uh, <laughs> when you get a hit, you work your ass off. I mean, you're constantly campaigning to keep it afloat, you know, I mean, it was rising up the charts and it went number one and we were like, oh. And everybody else is celebrating. And I'm like the guy, uh, I, I know I'm all over the place in this conversation, but Brilliant, we love celebrating. It. And I'm the guy like, you know, in Gulliver's Travels, you know, like we're doomed. We're not going to make it. <laughs> I never stopped and smelled the roses. Because right, like, you thought this is too, what, what made you anxious? What? What made you anxious? I, I couldn't believe. Pressure? I couldn't believe that we were number one. I mean, like, no Cinderella, you know, had a, a a big, huge hit prior to this, but I thought it was a fluke. Rock and roll, our gender, our sort of 80s, 90s, you know, glam rock or whatever it was, didn't seem like anybody get, gave a shit except, except, you know. In the your brother. circle. 
and the brothers and sisters out in the world wearing black t-shirts, put their fists in the air, <laughs> but every, all the other genres, they were like, who's this redheaded stepchild coming in, right. you know? And we were number one and I, I was, I, yeah, I didn't really stop and smell the roses until it went, it started going back down the charts. Right. I, I don't know why. I don't know why, but I still, I, I definitely had that feeling. I was excited, but, uh, but anyway, Herbie, Herbie did that. You know, I want to, I want to also express the fact that like, a, you know, he, he, he put us on all these great tours. I mean, Aerosmith, Brian Adams, two rush tours, Scorpions tour Jeez. with great white. And um, I mean, T- tons of opening to bands, big, really big, why, even Y&T for a long time. And anyway, um, and then headlining stuff as well. But um, we would released about four or five sing- singles on that, four, four singles on that Atlantic Records uh, Lean Into It album. And they were going to drop us. I mean, we were, we, this is before To Be With You hit. And they were going to, they didn't, they didn't get it and uh, or, or they were, I don't know if they were going to drop us or just saying like, we're done with the record. Let's move on and do another record or whatever. It, it looked bleak and Herbie believed in to be with you. And he, and he, you know, got all the people together, all his friends and radio and all, uh, you know, program directors from every radio station in the country and basically beat them up, you know, got him to play to be with you. And they had this, I mean, he single-handedly did that. I mean, you know, he had it all, obviously some of the Atlantic soldiers were into it, you know, the reps and stuff, Yeah. but the, but he, I remember him having a meeting with um, some of the high muckety mucks in Atlantic. And he goes, look, just do me a favor, you know, really work to be with you. And then you can wash your hands of this band if it doesn't work. And he he made this to be with you spread like wildfire all over the United States, you know, and even and like you know you know he managed us for you know four out al- four albums after that, and then eventually retired around two thousand. I don't remember four or five. I don't remember, but um, he said it was one of the biggest, and even all the successes that he had with Journey, he said it was one of the biggest thrills he ever had and hardest job that he ever had to do breaking to be with you. Really? And Mr. Big. Yeah. Anyway, um, there, there's so many stories. Oh yeah. This is what I was saying. I was in Nebraska and, and to be with you is number one. And I had a sore ass throat cause I was working my ass off radio and television and playing all these gigs. And I was younger. I could do five to seven shows in a row. Not now. I call my own shots, but um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I mean, I used to tell the guys in the band, they were like, come on, man, what's your problem? I'm like, look, I got meat. You got metal, you know, <laughs> but Herbie would go, uh, you know, he go, you get lemons, you make lemonade, get out, just shut up and get out there. You know, I, he was pretty, his bark was worse than his bite, but he, <laughs> uh, he, he was a uh, the bark worked, though. a force to be reckoned with. So um, he was, a, he was just a great guy and a great motivator. And he knew songs. He'd go, I mean, he was like a producer in a well, in, in a way, 
you know, I'd, I'd show him a new song and he'd go, too many verses, one, two verses, bridge. Oh, he'd go, don't bore us, get to the chorus, you know. Don't yeah. bore us, get to the chorus. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, we had a, he passed away, all kinds of, you know, did some lung issues and all that. There's more to it. I don't want to speculate on that, but, um, but he'd been in and out of the hospital for a few years and he was fighting and fighting. I felt so bad for the guy. Um, he, so we, had, he passed away and we had this celebration, uh, a lot of speeches and stories from, uh, this guy, Steve Parrish, who uh, managed the, the Grateful Dead. He was, Herbie was a huge deadhead, huge. And so, uh, even like Bob Weir played last night with Pete Sears, oh, wow. uh, bass player for Jefferson uh, Starship. And man, I didn't even know this. Pete, he was like, hey, Eric, great job. I'm like, you know me? <laughs> uh, and I looked him up this morning, like, shit, he played on one, two, two of my favorite records, uh, Gasoline Alley and Every Picture Tells a Story, Rod Stewart. Hey, Damn. And, and, he, and, and Long John Baldry, which is like one of the earliest great rock and blues uh, piano players and singers. Yeah, Pete Sears has been around for a long time. So Bob and and Pete and a couple of their, I don't remember the other guys, but Bob Weir's band, they played, uh, they and it was like a, you know, it was at the Fillmore. And there was like, even the psychedelic lights and everything, very oh. 60s and 70s, very like cool hippie jam. And they went into what I heard last night, they went into So What? By Miles Davis, it was like it was like it was just jamming, earthy man. So um, and the tubes played the tubes. The you, tubes. You, oh, dude, they played from their first album, a song called "Up from the Deep" and "White Punks on Dope." It was <laughs> oh, it was awesome. And uh, Fee Waybill, uh, he didn't come, but everybody else in the tubes. And the lead singer was this guy named, he's not a lead singer, he's a guitar player guy. His name is Brian Kehoe. And he was in a punk kind of band called the Mervs in San Francisco. And he wore like a, a Ludwig van Beethoven costume. And <laughs> um, somebody's, yeah, anyway, anyway, so he. This he, is a fun he, night. Oh, dude, it was crazy. And then, and then me, so I opened the show um, and it was, kind of a family of friends, uh, this guy, Tal Morris, he played with Credence, Tal Morris, his wife, Amber Morris sang, um, Monroe Grisman, David Grisman, you know, the, uh, uh, um, the mandolin, famous mandolin okay. player, Jerry Garcia, hippie, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally gonna, I'm gonna get a phone call. What do you mean hippie kind of thing? <laughs> um, Monroe Grisman and his wife, April Grisman. And so like a whole family of guitar player and singers back me up with Neil Sean's son, Miles Sean. And he's See jamming. He's brilliant. He's he's like his dad. Look and he looks like his dad, but kind of like a model. But anyway, he he we played uh Mr. Biggs uh Alive and Kicking and um to be with you, but it was very church, very gospel kind of thing. Oh. It was really beautiful. You know, when we walked out um, on stage, they had the running order and, and 
not some of these people I don't know. It was Herbie's business associates and stuff. And I don't know the Grateful Dead sector. Right. So this guy, Steve Parrish, he didn't know me. He knows of me, like the, the guy in Mr. Big, right? right? But he goes, all right, the first uh, first up on the roster of uh, people. And he goes, and we got Mr. Big, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> but I, everybody else walked out in front of me. And I'm like, uh, no, no, Eric Martin from Mr. Big. And he goes, we got Eric Martin and Mr. Big and the Mr. Bigs, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's kind of weird. But but Herbie's wife is in the front and she's like, <laughs> I know. And she's going, oh, it was great. It was, I, w- I want to say it was about, it's a private function at the Fillmore. Right? Fillmore holds a couple thousand people. It was 400 people. Uh, it was all these flowers, like all you need is love, film, you know, Beatles thing, Fla- flowers and cool pictures and very, you know, 70s vibe looking, you know, 60, late 60s, 70s, catered from his favorite restaurant in San Francisco. All Everybody from the Bay Area music industry, as well as some guests from out of town. Uh, Billy was supposed to show up, but he had some, he, he even wrote me and said, man, I'm heartbroken. I can't make it. I got a, some other things going on. Couldn't get a hold of Paul. He's probably making his 23rd uh, solo album. Uh, <laughs> No, no, uh, I don't know what he was doing, but um, the spirit of Pat Torpy was there when we were on stage and I go, I always do this shtick and I go, I've been doing it for years. I like to introduce the band and I blah, 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 blah. And I'm the one who wants to be with you in the bass and we do it. Mm-hmm. But I introduce the band and then I go, Pat Torpy and the spirit of Pat Torpy on drums, which I do a lot. And, I mean, there was, oh, check this out. This, this is weird too. So this guy is on stage and all these other people. And he goes, and, and people who knew Herbie, he was a smoker, you know, he was, a, okay. you know, this kind. And he, <laughs> and this guy goes, I don't know if I'm telling stories out of school and I don't care because I thought it was a, a great tribute to the man. And it was at the Fillmore and we. we Iconic channeled i don't know if that's the right word but are brought back to the year 1968 69 and this dude goes got a big satchel and he goes we're gonna pass out joints to everybody (laughs) and they're like it was like 400 joints and in these cute little candy cake candy liquors candy cane (laughs) and he passed out joints and i don't smoke but man i got the Furious contact high. <laughs> I there was these people next to me. What well, Chips Enough was there, and Chip was like, "Hey, bro, like, hey, how you doing, bro? You're one of my favorite singers of all time." Which, God bless him, you know. And he goes, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "Man, I'm on a cloud, son." You know. Anyway, um, You're the only one not smoking in the entire <laughs> I go, look at the wafts of smoke. <laughs> and Monroe Grisman, one of the guitar players, he goes, he goes, hey, you have smoked pot a long time <laughs> since high school. <laughs> I was, and I'm not drinking. Uh, I, you know, I, I kind of stopped drinking. I'm like, I love, you know, I, this is my 74th day 
five hours, 19 minutes, two, three seconds. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I love those guys where I go, yeah, it's in my, like last night, I goes, my 73rd day and not drinking. I goes, nine months. I go, ah, <laughs> you, you know, shove it up here. So, um, it's a measuring content. Yeah, man, I, I wasn't drinking, but man, I got high last night. I don't know if. <laughs> You got some new songs today? Or did you get creative last night? Well, I, I did the performance first. But they go, oh, yeah. And um, so the tubes, Ross Valerie and Steve Smith played. Uh, they didn't do, do any Journey stuff, but they played. Ross wrote a song for Herbie, and he performed it. And then they both played uh, some kind of, with, with this guy, Vernon Black, Vernon Ice Black. Come on. Great guitar player, um, played with Mariah Carey for years. He's an amazing player. Uh, I can't remember Adam's last name, but he was on Atlantic Records too. He's in a band called Psychofunkapus back in the day. <laughs> great name. <laughs> great name, funk band. And uh, they played uh, they played Sunshine of Your Love. Oh. Right? And, and it was kind of funky. And Vernon had this wah-wah pedal going and, you know, with the with the marijuana, you know, <laughs> Mary, J, Mary J in the room and bah, 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 flowers, everybody, you know, dude. Why did they choose to I'm play I'm going to stand up right now, but I like it was like, it was very, <laughs> you know. And uh, so it's such an 11. And then they, I started getting like, man, I got to get, I got to get up top. You know, the Fillmore's, a, da a dance floor, and then it's an iconic place. I mean, shit, you know, all kinds of great concerts were there. And then it's got a balcony, and I go, hey, man, I got to get to higher ground. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting way too, I'm getting too much of this. I'm getting a, I'm contacted by the spirits right now. And, uh, and he goes, okay, we're going to do a big jam. And they start playing Going Down, Jeff Beck group. You yeah. know? And they go, come on, we're bringing up the singers. And I'm like, mm -mm. <laughs> nope. You passed? <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even find the stairs to get up on the stage, man. <laughs> I wish I was... and, and first of all, there's only two verses in that thing. And you got a bunch of singers singing that same, like, <laughs> big feet out the window. <laughs> you know, come on, man. Come on. Hey, look. I, I just want to see pictures of you in the background stone, brother. Everybody's singing going down. That's what I, I wanted like, to see. I remember this one time I saw this. Um, it was a Popeye cartoon. And it was uh, uh, this snake. Uh, I I, I go I talk about getting high, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, something was like like smoke blowing in his face and he it was like implied that he got high or something Popeye the sailor man Popeye the sailor man and it's then he ate, he took the spinach and then he was okay again but his eyes went like this <laughs> like in a cartoon you know like almost like tombstones like, you know, like on the for madness will kill you you know <laughs> and, and that's what my eyes probably did look like I was like I'm gone I'm, I'm not gonna make it you know to be with you is now a 25-minute jam. That's what to be doing. with dudes. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know where we go from that. Those are epic stories, man. That's an incredible night. It was a great night. 
and then Herbie also had a a blues band that he that he played. He was a guitar player as well. Neil Sean taught him how to play guitar. You know what a weird twist of fate. I didn't know this right before I went on stage. Miles, Miles goes, you know, my dad didn't teach me how to play the guitar at first. My dad didn't show my first song. I was taught my first song by Herbie Herbert. And so when I got on stage, I, I introduced the band. I go, so what was that song that you learned from Herbie? Herbie was the first one to taught you how to play guitar. What was the song? You were like 12 years old. What was it? And he goes, ding, 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 ding. Like, it's just stairway to heaven. The I mean, first song you ever heard. It was a, look, you know, I'm sure people, I mean, look, we already had our big cry when Herbie passed. I mean, we right. all just the river of tears, you know. But um, last, <clears throat> last night was, you know, it was it was a celebration. I mean, I was, I almost forgot, and I don't mean the high part, but I almost for because of the uh, music and the spirit, and everybody was happy in a way. I almost forgot why I was what I was celebrating, right. you know, and I almost felt like I even said it. I was really super nervous because I get up on stage and I go, all those years of seeing Herbie out there when he'd come and see us play, I got a sore throat and. <clears throat> or maybe I'm tearing up. I don't know, but <laughs> I would see Herbie at the soundboard and he had this, he's a big boy and he, he had long hair and big beard and he'd be blocking out. I've seen him. If you ever see, there's a movie called uh, frontiers and beyond. And it's kind of like the journey story. Okay. It's awesome. It's really, uh, it's done by NFL films. You know, the guy, John Hacienda. Oh, yeah. And you know, John Madden and the, you know how he talked Neil John and he goes but he did like the frontiers and beyond and he goes and Herbie Herbert was a man he was a Svengali for the you know it's an awesome movie and it has this whole journey thing to it but it mainly talks about the crew and what Herbie and John Villanueva did back in the day for Journey I mean they were the only guys and and then they went on to have 70 to 80 people on the road with them, you know, t tour buses everywhere, trucking companies. He started a company called, well, it was Nightmare Management, but he had a, a, a company called Nocturne that came, they were one of the first people that come up with video screens for rock concerts. That was Herbie's oh, thing. That's oh, a staple you, now. You too, Michael Jackson, David Bowie, uh, in the beginning, like I remember back in the day, I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. He made zillions of dollars on it. Um, and all the, and you, you see that in the movie. Anyway, God, I'm all over the place with Herbie right now, but. Uh, we love it. We love it. We appreciate like, look, it. Look, it was a great celebration last night. Um, but I said, you know, he, he, he also played guitar and he did this blues thing. And he had this thing he called, it was like an alter ego and he called uh, Cyclops, but it was like written like S Y. Because I think he had, he had a little bit of he, he was Jewish, right? And he was like S Y, and then K L O P P S Cyclops. Cyclops. And his first album was called. His name was Walter Herbie Herbert. Herbie was a nickname, right? And his first album was called Walter Ego. It was on like oh. 
I don't know if I got this right, but it was like one of those blind pig uh, records, you know, like blues records. Right. And uh, I actually sang on that Walter Ego background harmonies, you know, and he had another album after that, but sold out the Fillmore back in the day. Her, just Herbie. That's incredible. It was, it was, you know, he, he was so smart. He, he, he retained or he, he soaked up everything. Neil Sean would teach him how to play guitar for a couple of years. And he wasn't as good as Neil, but he was great. And at an older age, like That's he didn't amazing. play guitar when he was a kid, you know. What was Cyclops? When was that all happening? I want to say that was in the 90s. 90s? Late 90s, yeah. I think, I think so. No, I think, yeah, it was late 90s. Uh, and then went on to some of the 2000s. But uh, another guy that played last night that played with Herbie, his name was Ralph Woodson, Michael Carabello from Santana, yeah. uh, played percussion. Uh, Ira Walker, he was in a band called Billy Satellite. Super great country rock and roll band. He sang. There was a lot, a lot of Bay Area great people. Steve Perry didn't show up. Or if he was there, he I didn't see him. Um, and and Neil and Jonathan were in uh, Las Vegas. They're doing a residence residency. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, everybody was missed, and and then Carlos Santana. Shit, he was supposed to be there, but he had a, I think he had a stroke. I think he had something, some health issue. But the people that were there. It was is is magnificent, magnificent. Show. I think it's all what we want, man. We all want that celebration of life after we're done. That means you did something right. Well, oh yeah, I'm all over the freaking place, man, and it's not. I'm not going to blame it on the coffee. I just I'm I'm scattered. But um, when I was on the stage and I'm looking at Herbie's wife and I'm looking at the people and I go, I watching all those years of watching Herbie rocking out on the soundboard it always made me feel comfortable that he was there because he was he was like my he was my number one fan you know yeah our number one fan and then he wasn't there and i i said man I'm, I'm really nervous tonight i don't really get that i get a little butterflies coming up the back stairs of a concert but i was really nervous and i go but you know and i, I meant this I meant this wholeheartedly. I meant this, but it felt corny coming out. But I go, you know, but like, I got to tell myself he's spiritually here, but like his wife got it, you know, his wife got it. She was like, yeah, that's cool. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was a good night. I didn't want to leave. That's you know? good, dude. I, I, I know it was a busy, busy weekend for you. So we appreciate you taking time, man, to hang out with us. I got more. I got, Hey, we, now we got to get all this cheesy standard shit. Are you cool with that? Oh, bring it, bring that, bring it, bring it. I'll just, I hey, can listen to all these stories. Story. These are the stories that we don't, this is inside baseball. So this is cool shit to me, but. All right. Uh, did you watch, uh, have you happened to watch Get Back Yet? The Beatles documentary. You know what? All my friends, I have a group thread of guys from the band Trickster, uh, Chris Jericho, Yes. Uh, uh, wrestler, Chris Jericho, a um, couple other people. They've all seen it and they're all talking about it on the group thread. 
Uh, I don't have Apple. I know. I know. Hey, I got some money in my life. I might have. I could get Disney. Buddy, Channel. You can have my password, man. I'll give you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, not Apple. Disney Channel. I got, <laughs> I got some money in my life, but no, no. I got like Showtime, HBO, and all the other things. But uh, you know, I'm like, oh god. I do care about some of the Marvel stuff and all that, but. I'm like, something else to watch. It's just taking, taking me away from what I'm supposed to do. You well, know, write songs. Anyway. Um, well, that's why I brought it up. I wanted, because one of the fascinating parts to me of that documentary was them putting together songs. And yeah, everybody's different. Uh, some people wake up, you know, hum the stuff. And some people are writing it nonstop. And then to see some of my favorite uh, songs um, in that documentary, particularly where it's almost rubbish, and they just put it down and it go. Wait, I thought they thought about this for a long time. But my point was, how do you write? And did you are you like that? Are you are you a mumbo? Let's just sling it on paper. It, as soon as I watch, I watched clips of it, right? Yeah, and you know the whole and. Uh, I mean, that whole session was brutal. They looked like they were like not liking each other that much. They were not, they were not. And poor oh, fucking felt so bad for George Harrison because he was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do the accent. I'm not going to do the accent. I, I, my brother-in-law is Mr. Biggs' old tour manager and he's a uh, tour bus driver and he's from England. And, and I go, are you doing right? I do a lot of this, mate. And he's like, Mm-mm, Dick Van Dyke, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it there, Mary, Mary Poppins. But um, I watched it and G George Harrison goes, I, I wrote this song last night. And they're like, okay, what do you got? You know, oh, God, it's brutal. <laughs> Paul McCartney, John, John Lennon. I mean, God rest his soul, but I just want to, man, don't talk to me that way. Um, John Lennon was a bit of a, he, he was, he was, uh, he was a tough cookie, but you know, they had issues, man. They had issues. I don't know what it was, but they had issues. But a, a lot of that, the essence of it, it's like that, man. The gauntlet of, I, I write a lot of songs of my own. And I have a, also have a writing partner, this guy, Andre Pessis, that him and I have written tons of Mr. Big songs. But in our, when Mr. Big first got together, uh, our first album, I mean, it was great. I mean, we all brought songs in and we, we worked on it, but it can be like, I got a song that I've worked on for a, a week and it's so awesome. And here it is. And God, I remember Billy Sheehan, he was the, my harshest critic, but in a way, I mean, I hate, trust me, I hate to say this, but he was right sometimes, whatever. <laughs> He'd go, yeah, it doesn't kill me. Oh my God. It was like an it was like an you arrow. You showed him your baby and he said it was like, like an arrow, a dagger, a hanging <laughs> noose, a butcher knife. But <laughs> pissed me off. But I'd go back to the drawing board so many times and go, right there. And I go, what about this? What about this souffle? Do you dig this? And he goes, I think you got something there. I'm like, you mother, you know. You son of a! But that's a that's a hard part of a band being creative together, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Gilbert, you know, he'd go, "How's this?" And we go, oh, "It's brilliant." <laughs> <laughs> You're brilliant. 
all the time. I mean, dude, I mean, he, he was he was a golden goose for a long, long time, you know. When did y'all make enough money for Paul and uh, Billy to start wearing shirts? Because uh, I never see them with shirts on until later <laughs> in their career. That was a long time ago, dude. You'll never see that again, man. Everybody <laughs> I, you know, I didn't. Have, I never. I never was ripped, right? I was. Always, I was a skinny guy. I was the guy that they kick sand in the face, you know, on the beach. <laughs> and also, I was too shy, you know. Everybody else, Pat Torpy. Even as when he was getting old, like an old man, you know, not an old man, like, you know, when he <laughs> turned like 58, he'd go, he'd have his Mr. Big shirt right in the middle of a solo. And I'm like, oh, shut up. Shut <laughs> he up would always me. start sleeveless or tank. Oh, yeah, but he looked good. He was all <laughs> like those indent things that I don't even want to, I don't even look. Anyway, he had those things. And Paul was all cut and lanky and, and Billy the suspenders and I was like suspenders bow tie shirtless. I'm, Come on. The court, I'm like jump into the fire. <laughs> and um it's like y'all didn't even pack shirts when you went to Japan. Every Japanese store I've ever seen, no shirts. Oh um, <laughs> man. I know high Larry ass. <laughs> Let me, this is one of the craziest things I've ever uh, read on the internet. Uh, so I would love to take your, get your take on it. And that is Mr. Big is credited with the phrase, we're big in Japan. Do I, you think that? I don't think, I don't, I think we, oh yeah, we are big in Japan. Probably no, still, but I mean, that but was. No, no, we didn't, we didn't, we're not, I don't, I, I, I don't, we never said like that. They associate that with you. Say, but we did say. Um, when you're this big, they, when you're this big, they call you Mister. And that was our T-shirt for a long yeah. time. Hey, you know what our biggest merchandising se uh, seller was? <laughs> you'll never, you'll never guess. <clears throat> and you're gonna, you're gonna laugh your ass off, but then you're gonna go. Mm, I can see, I can see <laughs> that. So we had T-shirts, we had hats, um, armbands, we had everything. A condom. Condom. Mr. Oh, Mr. Big. Big. What dude didn't want a condom that said Mr. Big on it, you know, back then. And it was our big, it was like, yeah, I'll take uh, seven condoms and a t-shirt, please. <laughs> My wife has enough's enough condoms. <laughs> enough's enough. Oh, so it's sort of kind of hit or miss. <laughs> Look, enough, enough's enough. We get it. Enough's enough. First tour was first big tour was opening to Mr. Big. We took them out. They had a Greyhound bus. Did and you know like, them before the tour? What? Did you know them before the tour or are you just getting lumped no. together on the tour? No, okay. no. I met them for the first time. It was like, you know, it was like, it was, <laughs> it was like the Bizarro Beatles, like, you know, Superman, Bizarro World. It was like the Bizarro Beatles. They came out and was like kind of a cross between, you know, it was like it was like the Beatles <laughs> from Chicago, you know, <laughs> and, and they're all wearing this like they're all wearing these Beatles costumes. But I and I can't do a Chicago accent. It was like, hey, how you doing? You know, all tough and but um, yeah, Donnie and it was Donnie and Chip, Vicky. 
And I think Derek, Derek Frigo was a, a, a guitar player, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. Look, look, you know what? Chip, Donnie, you know I love you, but you were phenomenal musicians. Donnie and Chip wrote the most beautiful songs that are still playing on my, um, you know, on my record player today, but they were phenomenal fuck ups too. (laughs) (laughs) So bad, man. So bad. Not on stage, not on record, but personally, oh dear Lord, (laughs) Lord have, Lordy B and the Peppermint Tree. They were a mess. And, um, but man, I remember they pulled up. I mean, we were all, we, Nobody, we we didn't laugh at him. We were like, God, what's going on here, man? <laughs> they were rock stars. They were like, they were almost famous, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, they pulled up in a Greyhound bus station, uh, Greyhound bus. It was a tour bus, basically, with like funky, you know, mismatched curtains in every window, with newspaper boarded up on the window. Oh. Some door opens up all like you know psychedelic clothes and a waft of pot coming out and they're like so and they, i'm like oh this is how's this gonna work get on stage it's like down 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 freaking amazing you know <laughs> yeah. that's amazing on tour with enough's enough i was in uh, i had a birthday in, uh, I still have that guitar too. I had a birthday uh, at the Bayou in Washington D.C., and I'm up on stage, and I'm, they've already played. I'm up on stage, and I go, "Hey, thanks, and they, And then Billy goes, "It's Eric's birthday," and all of a sudden they come up, whipped cream me to death, right? <laughs> and I'm completely covered in whipped cream. This is way before cell phones, right? So it's like nobody had like, hold on, get this, you know. Rolling, <laughs> yeah, right. Quiet on the set, and uh, and they gave me a Kramer guitar that I, it was Donnie's or something, and they all sat. It was day glow, you know, as you you can imagine, it looked like <laughs> yellow and green and peace signs and enough's enough and other autographs on it. I still have it, and uh, and then we got them back on the last. Oh, this is a great story. Can I can I tell the story? Buddy, come on, let's go. I want all the stories. This is a great story. This is at Toad's place in uh oh god, look it up. You look Toad's it up. Toad's place. Toad's place, New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Booyah. So it was the last gig of the tour. And so, you know, you have to mess with you have headliners always mess with the openers at okay. the end. And visa. So uh, on this special night, sold out, Toes Place, great, iconic nightclub. Here we are on stage. And the opening band is a, a band called Princess Pang. Um, Princess Pang. Princess Pang, P-A-N-G. Okay. Would that be like something from Flash, Flash Gordon or something? And Princess Pang, I don't know. But it was a great rock and roll band, great uh, female singer. Real kind of New York, you know, leather, leather, and she had blonde hair. She was kind of a screamer. And as the last show for all of us, and we we thought we uh, Paul would come out <clears throat> in a wee willy winky. You guys don't know what that is, but like a a Christmas Carol, you know, yeah. like a 
you know, where Ebon, uh, not Ebenezer Scroo- Scrooge, but like the, uh, the ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. Bob Cratchit out and he's wearing that set that long nightcap. shirt and a nightcap yeah. and a candle. Well, Paul Gilbert found <laughs> something like that in some thrift shop. It was red and white stripes. And it came out like in the middle of their show, like he was just waking up going. <sighs> <laughs> right. And the crowd's cheering, freaking out. Right. And uh, there he goes. And he goes, ah, what's that? You know, he's and he's six four, right? <laughs> or six at the time, maybe six two. And this girl's five ten. And he's standing right there. And she goes, I wish I knew her, I remember her name. She she totally laughed and verified this story, but she's looking at him and Jenny and Foster. What? Jenny Foster. Jenny. So Jenny goes like this. The crowd is laughing, right? <laughs> and and she everybody's laughing too, but then all of a sudden she's like. This ain't, I don't, you know, laughing at my expense is my last show. And she goes, blows the candle out. Oh, I mean, goes like this, picks up the nightshirt, lifts it above his head, kind of ties it in a knot. This is all in seconds, man, right? He's got 1989 or 19, yeah, 89 tidy whities on, <laughs> right? And he's going, oh, oh. <laughs> oh my God. That's classic. Hey, if there were cell phones back then, I mean, nobody had like, get my box camera out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Click. <laughs> so um, then he leaves, and then uh, Enough's Enough plays. And at the end, uh, and this is kind of this violent. But like the, we turn off all the lights on their stage and we put a bunch of flour in socks, right? We all, <laughs> the crew, the band, everything. And then the lights go back on and they're covered with flour and hair is all a mess. And we, do, you know, I emptied out my sock. And it's <laughs> just like a jail scene or a army time. barrack scene. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, you know, you can't <laughs> handle the truth. <laughs> You're beating them with socks so they don't breathe. Hey, hey man, with flour in them, you know. <laughs> uh, that's what you did. I think oh. I think Billy was telling me the story where Talis was opening to Van Halen. I hope I get the story right, but and Eddie Van Halen and, you know, Michael Anthony or one of the guys – came out and they had a card, they brought a card table out on the side of the stage <laughs> and uh, they started playing cards like in the middle of their show, <laughs> their show. <laughs> you know, and the crowd's just looking at them and cheering and blah, blah, blah. And Talos is still working. <laughs> They're working their ass off and everybody yeah, paying yeah. attention to the card. It's just what you do, you know, I mean, oh my God. <laughs> And we got to, we got to, we got to, you mentioned a, a one dude I want to circle back to because uh, everybody that listens to this show is a fan of him and a guy we mentioned before we started recording. Uh, Damon Johnson, of course, friend of the show, guest of the show. Uh, I, I joke that he's played with every band in America. Him and Dave Grohl have played with, I think, everybody. Easily. But that's a pretty good group. Yeah, but- How did you meet Damon along the way? Was it, where was he at at the time? 
Um, was he, he was Brother a, Kane or jamming with somebody else? Well, I, I like Brother Kane. It's just like our bands, you yeah. know, crossed in the night. We never got to see him, but uh, he was in a country rock band for a minute. Oh, for Whiskey Falls or something? Whiskey Falls. Yeah. yeah. They were great. And, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda made it. You know, they did good, but could have been bigger. Um, Thin Lizzy, Black Star Riders. You've known him for a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, we played festivals together in Europe. But I've known him for a while. But we played this show recently. Uh, I want to say recently, you know, within the six, eight months, maybe six months ago. Uh, an acoustic show in Richmond, Indiana, at a place called the Firehouse, and um, man, I was I was all amped up. I was so excited because uh, so I'm I'm doing. He opened and he was great. And oh man, he, he pulled it. Brother Kane. He even did Boys Are Back in Town on acoustic. <laughs> the crowd freaked out. It was killer. I mean, he's a great guitar player, uh, great singer, but. And a great um, storyteller, but but you know everybody who knows this guy is a he's the one of the. If you go, man, that dude is the coolest. He's the sweetest guy you ever want to meet, or he's the greatest guy you ever want to meet. Everybody says that about this dude, <laughs> yes, yes. right? So I'm up on stage, and I want him to come up, and I I thought, okay, you know, let's do Crossroads. Um, by by uh, uh, Clapton, yeah, but after like a funky version, and uh, the firehouse, you know, it's like a big stairs and the dressing rooms up there. I'm like, I go, let's bring Damon Johnson out. The crowd's cheering, and it was a great crowd. And um, he, I don't know if you can hear me, and I don't know. This is the this is my wacky side is coming out again. There was a band in San Francisco in the 80s. They were a punk pop band. They were called Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor and the Explosions, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. Yeah, super weird. Punk, punk you can get away with stupid shit <laughs> yeah. like that. But Pearl Harbor, Harbor and the Explosions, and they had a song called Driving. And, and it goes like, I got my foot on the accelerator, driving, driving, driving. You know, each guy in the band. <laughs> uh, really kind of a cool. I'm only driving. I don't know what I was thinking, but I go, I got my foot on the accelerator, Damon, 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 Damon. And I got the crowd to do it. And then he finally heard it and he's coming downstairs. Everybody's like, Damon, Damon. I say, Damon, you say, Damon, 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 Damon. He's got it on film because he goes, he's filming me do it. And I go, get your ass up here, David. And he like, put the camera down. I was in, I was, I was outside my body and I was doing my thing, right? And uh, he finally gets on stage and he he can't play because he's laughing. So (laughs) anyway, you had to be there. None of you kids are probably laughing at this. You're probably laughing at me. No, this is fun. This is me. This is rock and roll. It is, man. I, I loved, uh, yeah. Lo- anyway, were you going to talk about Damon? Just no. I just Damon. wanted to. I know you had a. I know you had to have at least one good story for Damon. Well, that's a pretty pretty good. It was story. awesome. Yeah, it's all I needed for Damon. And I want to circle back around because you mentioned 
Uh, we have a we have a lot of wrestlers on this show, and we have wrestling fans. So you mentioned Jericho. Uh, Fozzie's badass. Fozzie um, is a so our last tour uh, in 2018 with Mr. Big. Um, Pat had, Pat Torpy had passed away, and we were contractually obligated to. And we we wanted to do it anyway, but it, it was a surreal moment looking back. And Matt Starr was our sub drummer, and he did really good. But it was like looking back and not seeing Pat Torpy there was difficult. Yeah. But we needed to do it. I'm glad we did it because I'm not saying it was therapeutic. It was just like maybe stop crying a little bit and thinking about it for a while. We played Australia with Extreme, and then we did a European tour, and we took uh, Fozzie out as the opener and oh, it was awesome because I, I wasn't into wrestling till my son was into wrestling. Okay. And when, when he was in, when it was like, can you say WWE? You can say WWE now. Yeah. But like I got, look, I'm Chris Jericho is my boy. So it's <laughs> AEW son. Anyway. Um, but uh, my son, Dylan really loved, uh, you know, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's that other guy? Roman Reigns. God, he was yeah. huge Roman Reigns. Um, I mean, oh, I mean, all of them. Even like uh, Sasha Banks. Man, I was backstage. I'm He's like, in. Sasha Banks. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was stuck. John Cena. Yeah, it, was, it was incredible. And I was really, and you know what was really cool? When I went to see them, uh, the rep, and it was like I've seen Metallica a couple times in Guns N' Roses. It was like that. You go to a wrestling match, it's not like uh, just a couple of it's not like Peter Mavia and Pat Johnson back in the day, you know. It's it's mega, yeah. it's like a Metallica show. So, um, uh, I go backstage and the and I brought my son, and uh, a couple of these guys came up. And they were like, Fuck, Mr. Big, man. Mr. <laughs> Big. I'm like, eh? And my son's like, whatever. <laughs> I talk about you all the time. I want to talk about them, you know? And, um, oh, God. So oh, were you the, were you backstage because of Chris? Or was this something? No, else? no. I, I was, no. And no, I was, I was backstage because of my son. Uh, no, I was a friend of ours. Um, he works for, um, actually uh uh playstation okay and and so he 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 he's a rep he's a wrestler as well and he uh he got me he got me tickets right i met chris um i knew obviously i knew of chris and i saw him wrestle and all that stuff but um this guy david z from uh, uh, Adrenaline Mob, yeah, uh, and he and ZO2, which was um, uh, Paulie Z, David Z, and Joey Casada, drummer that I play, I play with all the time. Um, they had a thing, and uh, David Z had passed away, and I was supposed to do this gig in New York with a band called Rubik's Cube, which with all with all these. It's a, it's a top 40 kind of band, wild, wacky kind of a music extravaganza with all kinds of great rock and roll musicians in it, you know, making money and also partying and all that. But anyway, 
they were um, bringing it to the people. They were in New York and I was supposed to do this show. They, they'd have special guests come up, you know, like uh, Eddie Money came up one time. I think, uh, you know, the different, uh, you know, guest stars would come up. But anyway, David Z was a part of that. And David Z had passed and they turned this whole show into a tribute to him. So I went anyway and I met Chris Jericho there. Right. And he, I told him, my son, he's heard it a million times. And she, my son really likes you. And, <laughs> you know, are we too afraid to say, and I really like you too, you know? And, uh, and he did a little, I remember he, him doing a little, it was a sad moment. It was another celebration of life for David right. Z. But Chris did a little video for me. He goes, hey, and this is right when it was like, you just made the list. That was his thing. Oh, right? yeah. He goes, hey, your dad's okay. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. But I got to tell you, you just made the list. You know, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan and Jacob Martin, you just made the list. No, you didn't make the list, Jen. You're good guys. Hey, you know, you know, like a, like a public announcement, you know, stay in school. Don't do drugs. And, you know, play Let's basketball. Hey, your dad's a good guy. You know, anyway, it was, it was a great moment. And, um, and then after that, I mean, I was calling him, he was calling me. We were starting to become friends, you know, he's friends with everybody, man. He's, he's another He's a, he's another really super smart guy, a musicologist or a alcoholic. I don't know. No, no. <laughs> he's gonna kill me. Hey, I got a new one to tell my parents. I'm a musicologist. No, no, no. He every time you see him on his podcast and stuff, like <laughs> knocking back some gray goose. But um, he um, he's got a good heart, and he's one of our dear friends. I, this is telling stories out of school, but our thread is called gig pigs, gig pigs <laughs> round table. Gig <laughs> pigs. Yeah. So nobody can use it. Gig pigs round table. <laughs> it's just us. It's me, PJ Farley, Steve Brown, Joey Casada, and our fearless leader, Chris Jericho. <laughs> leader. It's just a bunch. Of, we just, all they talk about is kiss constantly. Nobody talks about wrestling. Except Kiss me. is the running theme, huh? Kiss and Van Halen. Oh, my God. Don't say anything about Van Halen. <laughs> you can say anything you want about Kiss. but And they always oh, bust each other's balls. You know, it like, oh, my God. It's just, it's hilarious. We're, 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 one, one guy would be like, oh, I totally agree with you. Yeah, right. Hey, you're right, Chris. Wait, shut up, you like you teachers badass mother, you know. <laughs> We're all in a gig pig. They're, they're gonna screen, totally, it's just not as cool as you. Oh, dude. This conversation that I'm having right now, this is what Chris <laughs> will do. You know you're gonna do it, Jericho. You're gonna take pieces of this interview and you're gonna throw it back in my face. And and he always alters my voice. It's like he thinks I talk like this. Hey, this is Eric Martin from Mr. Big. He thinks I talk like that. So he goes, Mr. Big. And, he and he'll throw it back in my face. Yes, yeah, son. <laughs> and there's our highlight for the show. That's it. It's you talking shit to Chris. Uh, all right. We, I, I, you've been 
incredible with your time. I hope I'm not holding you. But the kids are gone. Okay. They're at the YMCA. I can do what I, I can do what I want. <laughs> okay. Well, when it's ready, you're ready. But I got two more things I just want to hit quick. Then we'll do the countdown like I always do. And then I can look forward to seeing you All right. in town. Uh, quick story, because I already mentioned it. Uh, I'm sure you're trying to rehash it a bunch of old stories. But um, you've mentioned it in another interview, and I would I would just like to hear because I think it's cool. a uh, cool snippet was you talked about you were in Toto for two weeks. <laughs> ten days, actually. Ten days. Yeah, ten days. So this is Eric. Wait, wait. The shoe dropped. <laughs> We've jumped the shark on the show. Could be my big break. Toto. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Steve Lukather played on a couple of my solo albums. Uh, liked me as a singer. Bobby. Uh, Bobby Kimball, who actually I've played gigs with before, you know, sharing the same stage with him uh didn't it, they weren't working out they weren't seeing eye to eye that's a, that's a nicer way to put it um and i was playing in san francisco with uh one of the many configurations of eric martin band you know there's like eric martin band 83 eric martin 85 eric martin 87 different <laughs> members and um <clears throat> he brought everybody I don't know. I don't think Jeff came. I don't think um, Jeff came, but it was David Page. Boz Gags came too. It was like, oh, Whoa. yeah, yeah. Because they all knew each other. They played on their records and stuff. And it was like, so the Toto guys all came up to, to San Francisco to see me. That was sort of like my audition. <clears throat> and I went to LA and I, I basically practiced with them for 10 days just and got and got to know them and they got to they got to know me i was so freaking i was nervous for for a few days and then i then i was comfortable and you know probably put my foot in my mouth a couple times <laughs> um probably you know because i did i i think when i get nervous i get a little sarcastic <laughs> you know couple 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 glasses of loudmouth soup. I might have. Uh, I think Jeff thought I was green, like I was. You know, I had a couple records under my belt, but these guys were seasoned players, and they already had uh, some big, you know, some success. I mean, hold the line and all that shit. So, but uh, and he also probably thought I couldn't. I had two glasses. One. It's in Steve Lukather's book. I can't really hide it, but um, we went uh, all me, Jeff, oh God, David, a couple of the other guys in the band uh, went to see Jeff's uh, father play. He's a, he was a session guy play at, at this club and we're sitting there and we're watching and, and, so a couple of the members of Chicago, some, some jazz folks, you know, they're all in the jazz world. And so, mm -hmm. and uh, there's a craft of wine on the table and everybody's sipping from it. But like, you know, I might've had two or three sangrias too much, you know? And I'm like probably feeling a little way more comfortable 
than I right. should have been, you know, and I, I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. The words came up wrong. I have no idea. I don't even remember. Right. And um, the next couple of days we went to a restaurant and I want to say it was Michelli's restaurant in, in LA. And it was the weirdest thing ever. You know, I, I practiced with him and I sang Hold the Line. I sang Africa. I sang all the shit. I was the shit, I felt, you know. I mean, I look back on it now. I mean, I probably didn't have that much of confidence, but they were saying that I was great. And I was like, okay, I believe you. And I did it. So here we're at Michelli's and we're all sitting in this red leather sort of swivel back couch. Okay. Kind of and there's a table. It was like one of them swanky Italian restaurants, but swanky, like a mob hit. <laughs> dark. Dark, red yeah. leather. Yeah. Shady shit happens there. Like, <laughs> kind of vibe. And uh, some, yes. Yeah, what'd you say? Shady shit goes on in there. Shaggy, sketchy. <laughs> pinky, diamond <laughs> ring, espresso. Oh, the espresso guys. The espresso guys. Not yeah, so so we're all the whole band is in this couch. I'm in the middle. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we let we, we just ate, right? And each one of them went out to have a smoke. Or two at a time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh my like, buddy to talk to. Yeah. Like it was a mob hit, but they were deciding on my fate. Oh. It, Wow, that's a whole, I got a whole movie going. So, um, and they all came back. And Lukather loved me. You know, I I was, I, that was a big in for me. He loved me and I really loved him too, man. I, he's so funny and such a talented uh, guy. And I felt like I, and I was right, in, I was in my prime too, man. It was like, my balls hadn't dropped yet. <laughs> I was singing so freaking high, man. Hold the line. I was killing. And um, everybody was there, and Jeff wasn't there. He had left. And then his brothers left. And, and, uh, and then me and Luke was the last one. And I go, and he, I go, does it look good? And he goes, I think it looks good. I think you look good. And then um, I didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks. And then it was in the news. It was in like, I don't read Hollywood Reporter or Variety or anything like that. Or Billboard at the time. And somebody brought it to my attention. It was like fold out like Variety magazine. It said Toto, new, new lead singer, um, uh, uh, Joe Williams or Fergie. or I don't know if it was Fergie. It was a Joe Williams, maybe. I don't know who it was, but it wasn't me, you know? <laughs> like they, they misspelled my name. <laughs> Nobody calls me Fergie. Nobody called me Mr. Williams anymore. Anyway. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get it. And, you know, oh, I, you know, I got in, me and Billy got together like almost a, three months, maybe a year later. And, uh, and we did it. But I remember this one time I was at the NAMM show in LA and I was with Luke and 
we were crossing this crosswalk and we ran into David Page and I hadn't seen this dude in a long time. And he goes, Hey David, remember this dude? This is the guy that got away. This is the dude that oh. got away. Yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. No, 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 but that made me feel good. And you know, this yeah, is that, he- it didn't work, but right. They still David was like, Oh God, man. You know, almost like oh, we would have loved to have you, but you know, the way it was, it was a simple twist of fate, you know? Yeah. Which is, there's a ton of those in music industry. Just one thing this way or that way or this way or that way. Well, and then I got something even better that even better than that, even before that, Mr. Big is in Italy and we're playing a club, whatever. And this is the beginning days. Uh, we're, we're in Europe in Italy and down the road a piece at an arena was Toto. And uh, the road manager got a hold of me through, you know, like through Luke and said, we want you to come to the show. I went to the show, didn't have any idea anything was going to happen, brought me up on stage for the song they used to do with a little help from my friends as a, as an encore. And at the time it, they, they didn't really have a singer at that time. It was just Luke Ather singing most of it. Okay. And then Jenny Douglas McRae was a, a background singer with Bernard Fowler, actually, from the Willing Stones. And they did it. Uh, they did all the stuff, you know. But I came up and I sang, you know, what would you do? You know, I got to sing. I got to do the scream, you know, in front <laughs> of 10,000 people. So you had your Toto moment. I had my Toto moment. Yeah, that's awesome stuff, man. And now, thirty years—you're celebrating thirty years for the Lean Into It album. Just incredible, dude. <laughs> back is- that's a lot of leaning, man. Whew. Yeah, nice one, dude. We, hey, you. I'm 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 Dean, and you're Jerry. <laughs> you got to hit the arm. <laughs> oh, that's your move. That's, that's- your move. That was my to be with you mo- move. You, you, you remember that shit? I uh, guess me every time. <laughs> it's a that's actually a, a Marx Brothers trick, you know. I don't know what it was. Five o'clock in the morning, we're shooting the same song ten thousand times, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, what? As a teenager, do you know that I thought I didn't even know it was a gimmick. I thought it was a gesture to you going. Why do I need to be alone? Like you were masturbating, and you're going, I, I need to be with you, and you pulled your hand down, huh? Is this Larry Flint Productions? What's going on here, man? Get your get get your mind out of my gutter. No, <laughs> that was no, me. I was like, no, look at him. Not, yeah, who wants to be alone? No, you don't get a gold star in this interview, son. You're gonna have to step back behind the line. I'm I'm that of, and Jericho Outlaw. I'm fresh out of we're fresh out of cookies to give you. You need to sh- sh- shoot. <laughs> anyway, um, no, no, it's a Groucho Marx thing. It's like, hi, hey, how you doing? Anyway, you better get your next question in. Wow, you lost it. You, you had me at a big portion of the show. Ninety-nine percent. That's it. But now you're dead. Well, let's do the countdown and get out then. Let's do the countdown and get out. All right. Ten questions. Ten to one. I ask everybody. Oh, You give me the whip. I'll give you the idol. Let's go. Uh, Ten things 
that you have something you have at least ten of at your house. Hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> what? All right, I got, I got to, I got to remember this stuff because I, 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 all right, go ahead. I gotta remember. Things you, I, things you yeah. have at least ten of. Hmm. Uh, guitars. What? Yeah, you gotta have guitars, right? Ten guitars. I do have guitars. They're like nine broken guitars and one good one. Uh, Anything you collect? Uh, at a glance. And I'm looking around the room. I mean, I got guitars. I got like way too many candles. Fans give me candles. Candles? I don't know. Yeah, candles. Do they have your face on them or something? You'd think that. uh, Yeah, like like, is there a tie-in somewhere? Yeah, like all carved out in a wax figurine (laughs) of my nose. (laughs) Anyway, no, um, I have 10 pairs of black leather Converse All-Star shoes. That's kind of my signature thing. Uh, I might have a problem. I don't know, but uh, I have. I even have a bag upstairs I was going to take to Goodwill two years ago with about a hundred pairs of uh how long do old, they last? Old they last well they still the black your and that awesome sort of insignia that looks very Harlem Globetrotters looking. Yes. That's intact, but the soles are all like, you know, it's all flippity flap. <laughs> Gone. But I still love them. I, I I in my head I'm thinking. I'll take it to Geppetto and he'll fix it. <laughs> you know, did you, did you ever have a sponsorship? We need you get you a sponsorship. We get you a, you know, come on, you know, in every record and <laughs> uh, in, in every record, it, it says like Billy Sheehan plays Yamaha guitars and <laughs> pedals and all this stuff. Paul Gilbert, Ibanez, Pat Torpy, Tama drums, Eric Martin uses everybody else's stuff. <laughs> You know, we need, I, we need Eric Martin. Where's Adidas? That's what we need. Yeah, I'm not endorsed by Shiznatch. Uh, but uh, yeah, Converse All Star shoes. I got 10 pairs. All right. N- nine German word for no. Name something you wish was no more. Something you could write off. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, like, something that what? Say that. You could write off. Wish it was no more. You wish it was no more. Okay, this is going to be so weird, but. I've been kind of doing it through the whole, I don't know why I'm doing it. What I'm going to tell you right now, when I get really super tired, uh, this is going to be, I know Chris Jericho is going <laughs> to fucking slay me on this motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> this is, you know, when he busts my balls or gives me agita, I go, what are you looking at? Punchy. Uh, <laughs> So I have this little twitch when I get really tired. I kind of, you know, a neurological thing. I don't know what it is. I'm not afraid to say it because I I do it all the time. I'm always jet lagged. You know, I get it sometimes. Um, It comes and goes. I don't know why I'm fucking doing now. But um, I was on the road with Aerosmith years ago. And uh, they were about ready to do a sound check. And I came up to Joey Kramer and I go, he goes, um, he he had the same kind of little tick. And I go, I go, look, I mean, I'm sorry to bring this up. And that feels so weird saying this, but man, I got that same thing that you do, man. It's like, you're tired. And he goes, Oh, this? No, Steven Tyler. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. That's what I wish I'd like to get rid of. 
Anyway, you thought it was going to be like some kind of uh, like, you know, like, oh, social media or something. I thought you were oh, a bad no, no, driver. No, no. It was a twitch. It's just twitch that I got, man. I was going to say wives. Anyway. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, and, like, I, 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 I have succeeded. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Number eight. Uh, when you go out, what you want the last thing you ate to be? What's your last meal? Uh, this is my answer. So, uh, something that's not going to give me heartburn in the hereafter. That's what I say. You're going out. You're still worried about heartburn. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what? Spicy stuff? What is it? Oh, you. Oh, everything. You to, I thought my joke was awesome. But now you got to get specific. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Enough of the disposition. I got. Dude, are you the representative bumpkin of uh, Alabama right now? Yes. I am. God, when you when somebody gives you brilliance, you. Uh, <laughs> um, what would be my last meal? I guess it would be. Um, no, I, I wanted to know what gave you heartburn more than the meal. Now Italian heartburn. <laughs> okay, done. Yeah. Some, kind of, some mom mama's sauce. Probably. <laughs> okay. Seven. When you were seven years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, well, my my dad was a drummer before he joined the army. Uh, I was I learned how to play the drums. I was I wasn't that great. I could have been pretty great. My dad was, you know, that was a pretty high bar to get to, but I would eventually got there. Um, I like when people when when I tell people that my dad was a drummer, people go, oh, now I get it because I'm pretty hard on drummers. <laughs> Not Pat Torpy. I could never, Pat, Pat would go toward those sticks and you go, really? You want this to come flying in your direction? Um, all drummers, you know, drummers and singers, we get along, but you know, they're, I, I don't want to say, you know, how many come times on. singing and going, Really? <laughs> you know, this kind of thing. Speed it up. Oh, drummers hate me. Anyway, um, I wanted to be a drummer. Uh, big time. And then I settled for singer. Who knew? <laughs> Pretty fair trade. Pretty good settle. Uh, six, how do you want to go out? I don't want to die. Ever? I, no, I don't want to die. I want to be like Dorian Gray or uh, Tom Hanks from the Green Mile movie. Okay. You know, Just like the vapors Jingle, come out. Like Mr. Jingles, <laughs> the little mouse. I don't want to die. I want to like live to, I, I I think I can handle it. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if I can handle seeing my children pass, but. But you don't want to be frozen and I come want, back. I want, to, I want to live as long as my children live in a way, you know, I'm an older father. Um, you know, I'm in my sixties, they're 17. I don't know. I, now, now we're getting all, <laughs> I don't want to, uh, I don't want to miss anything. You know, like I tell my kids all the time, they go, dad, do you think I'll ever get married? I go, well, I'm begging you get married. Like when you're 15, because, uh, <laughs> I want to see, I want to be there. <laughs> okay. Uh, five, five finger discount. What's the last thing you stole? Um, I never stole anything, but there's always but, a story. Allegedly. When I was, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, there's something missing from this fist right now. <laughs> um, 
when I was when I was a kid, uh, around 15, 16 years old, I ran with a with a kind of group of people, little unsavory characters that were, you know, junior criminals, and they uh, they talked me into uh, breaking into a house right in the seventies, and they broke into the house and they they stole some money, which ended up being a coin collection. I couldn't believe it, but um, I was the lookout. I'm standing <laughs> in front of the house, you know, like a little little kid. And I, I was lookout for the cops. And, uh, you know, you heard a siren coming down the street and these, I'm still standing there looking out. I don't even like what, what's that noise. And all these, all the criminals. Well, I get to that. All the criminals ran out the back door and I got caught. And, uh, <laughs> and my, we went to the judge and the judge uh, sentenced him, sentenced me to a month in juvenile hall. And my mother goes right to the judge. He was saying something about a criminal, you know, and my mother was like, oh, this one, he's a professional accessory to the crime. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget that. And, she, and then she turned, she got pathetic. I remember that. And uh, yeah, I went to, I went to juvenile hall for a month and juvenile hall, man, this is you're you're in there with some messed up people, and I was scared straight like nobody's business. That was it. Oh my god! And you know, I was maybe maybe just turned sixteen. Never did a bad thing in my life. Never lied. Never well. <laughs> no, never never did a illegal thing in my life after that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a great story. Four. Uh, give me four toppings on a perfect pizza. Shibbity dabba bubba. What'd you say there? Four toppings. Oh yeah, yeah. On okay. a perfect pizza. My Italian friends will be giving me the stink eye on this, but uh, ham, pineapple, mozzarella, and jalapenos. Jalapenos on it. Nice. Ooh, girl. Yeah, I love it. I do like the spicy stuff, but yeah, an if. I have a. T I don't just have Italian American friends. I have Italian friends that would be like, "Cosa jalapeno." They would be like, "Going, you were, die slow." It's like you know that scene in Godfather. Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> Eric Martin sleeps with the fishes. You know. And don't tell them you want pepperoni. They don't do pepperoni either. They don't do pepperoni. I don't. No. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, but yeah. But for a man, a few uh, that doesn't like his impression, you you've dropped three on us this whole episode. I like it. I'm feeling comfortable. Pretty soon, I'm in. I you know I'm not drinking right now, but like the sarcasm is going to get. Well, this, I, <laughs> I called you a bumpkin. I can't believe it. <laughs> Your followers. But I, at least I was resident bumpkin. I can take that. I can take that. Number three, three items on a deserted island you could listen to forever. I could. Jimi Hendrix smash hits. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to change it. Uh, Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. And uh, you ready for this? Come on. Dave Attell, comedian. Dave Attell. Strong. Skanks for the memories. Yeah. Oh, the best. I, from tour buses to funky 
you know, old rickety raggedy rock and roll vans traveling around the country. Skanks for the memories was my, uh, was my solace, you know, like I, I, like right after the gig, I'd be all burnt out and knocking back a few beers and listening to that. And like, I love to laugh, you know, Have you ever met him? Uh, no. And I want to, I, I, I want to go, I want him to cut me down. <laughs> hey, what are you wearing there? You know, I want him to just slay me, man. I love that guy. He's so funny. All right. Number uh, two, if you could, uh, this is my favorite stoner question. If you could combine any two animals, what would they be? Okay. Ready? <laughs> I don't even smoke, but it's just what you do. Uh, I've You've seen got a huge I, contraption. It's not crack. It's <laughs> anyway. an apple. You're smoking it out of an apple. Oh, oh, dude, you're a you're a professional. I've been you around them. I'm a musicologist. Paper. Some guys used to do like in college, you know, the uh, toilet paper oh. uh, cone, right? The toilet paper. Yeah, stick, stick some stuff in it and like, yeah, that was hardcore. Uh, those are the days of like really <laughs> like skunky skank weed where they were like smoking, you know, a joint and they were like spitting the seeds <laughs> out, you know. Anyway, um, a tiger oh? with condor wings. Whoa. So yeah. he's the size of a tiger. Tiger head with a condor body. Yeah. <laughs> you did. You, you I don't know if that's unique head. enough for you, but like, yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I'm, I'm seeing in my head. All right. Number one, first concert you ever went to. Uh, my first concert was uh, Queen at okay. uh, Winterland in San Francisco. And they were, they were killer. Like, you know, it was like, stage was all black. It was like, kink, 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 kink. now I'm here. And it was like, boom, boom. And then instead of like on the record, it goes, now I'm here, boom, boom. Now I'm there. You know, it'd be like, now I'm here. Kink, kink. Stage is dark, bunch of smoke. You see Freddie Mercury run across the stage in the dark. Now I'm there. It was fucking really bad. <laughs> and Keep Yourself Alive, Seven Seas Arrive. Man, it was Queen was awesome. But okay. opening was YNT. Uh, they were called Yesterday and this Today. Full circle. YNT. Um, they were about probably 16, 17 years old, maybe. Some of the guys in the band, I don't know how old Dave Manichetti was, but blown out, blown, blew my mind because they were from Hayward, California, pretty close, you know, to me in uh, Marin County. Maybe I was living in Sacramento then, but they were our Northern California. They were the best band in Northern California for hard rock and roll. And, and they're young and made an impression on a lot of people, a lot of kids like, like me, because... I was thinking, God, if they can do it, I might be able to have a chance at this. You know, sometimes you you see all these great rock and roll bands, and a lot of people go, oh, "Man, I can't do that. I'm giving up." Made me made me work harder. I told that to Dave Manichetti a million times. That's awesome. And he's laughing at me. I'm going, "You're my uncle, Dave." It's like <laughs> shut the front door. Anyway, um, 
Yeah. So, I, how uh, were you with the boys? I mean, was it hey, who was going, or was it your parents took you to this Queen show? Uh, no, I went with my friend Rick Smith. We hitchhiked. Hitchhike right in the middle of the son of son of Sam days, not son of Sam. No, no Zodiac killer days. Uh, anyway, yeah, you know what? Look, I've told I, that was Queen was my first hard rock uh, concert, but I got to let you folks know at home that my first concert that I went to really was, and they were great. I was, you know, look, look. I love, I wrote to be with you, acoustic guitar. I was an acoustic guitar player, singer. I love Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, the Beatles, you know. Um, Joni Mitchell, um, Bob Dylan. I named my son Dylan from Bob Dylan. You know, I, I'm a folky when I was a kid. And my first concert was America, actually. Yeah. And my parents took my mother took me and, um, but, you know, I was a folky, but yeah, I mean, it was also, I had this rocker blood, you know, there was another band that I loved back in the day. They were called earthquake. Got to look them up, man. Earthquake. Their version. They're from Berkeley, uh, California, their version of Friday on my mind by David Bowie. And, you know, Gary Moore did it later on in life, but earthquake version look it up on youtube friday on my mind every musician i'm blowing it now because i want to i wanted to do this their version at one time but every musician i know or that i don't know will listen to that and go we gotta do that in our band trust me <laughs> you're gonna love it anyway uh i went to see america and uh, they were wonderful i had this girlfriend vicky kilpatrick we went together. My mother drove us. Vicky was in there. I said, I got to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom. And the opening act was this woman named Wendy Waldman. And she was really good, too. And easy on the eyes. I was a kid, man. <laughs> but she was in the foyer of this. It was at the Sacramento Memorial Auditorium. And uh, she she had a guitar case. Um, she was kind of a, she was dressed like, you know, like you, Stevie Nicks back in the day, you know, like a lot of frills and boas and all this stuff, <clears throat> guitar case and music stand and a bunch of music. And she dropped music on the ground. Everybody's in there ready to watch America. And I'm helping this woman pick her stuff up. <laughs> she goes, Will you be a deer? And what I do, I could quote this because this is part of my evolution, you know, <laughs> life, you know? And she goes, will you walk me to my car? It wasn't really a car. It was like a VW microbus, right? And I take her, I, I take her music. I even, I had her guitar and I brought it out to the, and she kissed me on the cheek. And I was like, I mean, I yeah, I might've had a, you know, I was just, I got all warm and fuzzy inside. And then I went back and I was like, hey, you know, this, it was, it was my first life change. I love this life, man. Is that the perks? You know, <laughs> you know. Walk back. Vicky goes, "Where were you?" I'm like, "Having." Yeah, you know, I didn't want to tell her. Having a life change. You know. <laughs> All right. And what's the most recent concert you've been to as a fan? My yeah. Uh, 
I mean, like, you know, most of my gigs are playing the gig. Right. right? But um, my my last concert I went to, and it was a while ago, is at the Mystic Theater in Petaluma, California, to see YNT. Um, there's a picture of it somewhere. This friend of mine, Kat Owens, is a photographer, and she captured the moment. The fans of YNT, they know who I am, not because I'm a performer, because, I mean, they, I'm a... I love the fans. I am a, I'm a major YNT fan. So I did open the show in Petaluma. I played acoustic with a friend of mine and then toweled off, went into the audience right in the front row, fist up in the air going, dirty girl, you know, or like, there's a picture she took and Aaron Lee, the bass, the new bass player been, been with him for a while. He's up there and he's rocking out. And here's a sea of people. And I'm going like this, probably mouthing the words, I believe in you. you know? <laughs> Dude, I'm a major fan. And that was uh that was my last concert that I that I went to. I played it, but I that was I haven't gone to any concerts. You went down, you were a fan. You're a fan though. Yep. You're playing it so you get free tickets, just admit. <laughs> <laughs> You can't even afford Disney Plus. I probably did. I mean, they go, <laughs> I probably got paid bupkis, man. They go, all right, you want to do this gig? And you get 500 bucks. I'm like, free ticket to see. <laughs> Keep your money. Throw in Disney Plus at password. No? <laughs> oh, you you get you there. <laughs> really, dude? Wow. <laughs> see how you came full circle? You came full circle with YNT. A, a U, an M. B. A-I-M. <laughs> What's that spell? Man. See, how I, see, I did that. It was like a Mickey Mouse, Disney, I like threw Bumpkin in there. I, like I, might be too, I might be too quick for you, son. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you have been nothing but gracious with your time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no matter where you're listening to it, watching it, go see him on tour. If you're listening to this live when it drops this week, he will be coming through Bumpkin Cities, Montgomery, and Huntsville. Listen, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm gonna have that. I'm gonna put the. This is a this is a stop sign for you. There's no Bumpkin City here. I'm resident Bumpkin. I'm the mayor of Huntsville. You're the mayor of Bumpkin Town. Yes, in your own house. It, yeah. <laughs> People that love you are going to take the piss out of you after they hear the uh, watch this video. They are Montgomery, uh, Performing Arts Center, sidetracked, which is an absolutely phenomenal place. Cool. You've seen Fozzie there. You've seen Naaman Johnson at sidetracked. The whole deal. So, we and look forward to having see, you. And now you can see Eric Martin, and uh, on that show is going to be. Um, a guitar player that I played with for years. His name is Mark Holly, and he's actually from Alabama. Uh, he grew up, he grew up in Alabama, uh, grew up in a bunch of places, but he's from Alabama. Uh, and then Ben Hands is playing uh, percussion, and he he's a Kiplinger's guy. So, and we we've, we've been doing this for a while. We got it down. We're playing a bunch of Mr. Big songs. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be plenty of comedy. Is from me, you know, I, yeah, there's going to be, I mean, please, I encourage you to have a couple libations, some little loud mouth soup. I won't be partaking, but, you know, I'll be throwing quips and silver tongue <laughs> devil shit at you. Is Tony you. opening with you as well? Tony Harnell is on it. Yeah. Uh, 
love Tony. God, I should have mentioned Tony right off the bat. He's he's a great. Oh my God. I meet I meet the guy first as just like oh what a nice guy what a good and then the voice comes out like oh man I'm gonna have to be cool now <laughs> like hey bro what's happening and like he starts singing I'm like hey Mr Harnell uh, I really appreciate your music over the years uh, you know yeah he's thousand really lovers in one baby come on TNT man all right, all right we're we're absolutely phenomenal time thank you one of my favorite uh, guests I've had on man just. I had a blast and uh, look forward to seeing you out at Sidetracks. Go see him in Montgomery. Go see him wherever he is on tour. It is Eric Martin and Mr. Big. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Everybody stay mad.